Almost a year into surviving a pandemic, and we realize now more than ever that healthcare and health policy should have been at the center of the political stage of our country. In just a few weeks, we'll be hitting our quarantine anniversary, yet there's still no sight at the end of the tunnel of this country's battle against COVID-19. With all that has happened in our country during the pandemic, one can't help but wonder how our country's healthcare system is doing and how it's actually functioning. Will our country be ready should a second pandemic arrive? Why should we care about our country? Why should we care about our country's universal healthcare law? Well, today, we'll receive our answers. Today's episode of Tell Med About It, Central Philippine University College of Medicine presents a talk on the Universal Health Healthcare Law of the Philippines. Tune in and learn about the UHC law in our country as we unwind after an, a week of exams. Disclaimer, what brings you in today is produced by the Association of Philippine Medical Colleges Student Network Visayas Regional Health Policy Committee in partnership with Central Philippine University College of Medicine Spectrum Medica. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect APMCSN Visayas and the participating medical school. Good afternoon, Visayas. Good afternoon, Philippines and the world. Coming straight from the heart of Iloilo, we welcome you to the third episode of Tell Med About It, a health policy podcast presented by APMCS and Visayas Health Policy Committee. I am Jasper Rubivihar. And I am Greeny Joy Perucho. Your host for today from Central Philippine University College of Medicine. So good afternoon and how are you today, Greeny? I'm doing fine, I'm doing well, and I'm actually enjoying our free time as a free elf <laughs> right after our final exams drops. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a mutual, you know, a free elf <laughs> since we're classmates, and I think uh, today is a good day to celebrate that freedom by, yes. you know, just chilling inside our rooms in our houses. I know that our audience, uh, you know, they're doing the same, but today, while we do that, we're actually learning something very important and relevant not just to the med students, but to the healthcare system of the country as a whole. So today, to our dear viewers, your topic for this podcast is the Republic Act Number One One Two Two Three, or commonly known as the Philippine Universal Healthcare Act. So you know we've been hearing this whole year and even earlier than 2020. So I think uh, I just want to know, Greeny, have you heard about this? Uh, you know, healthcare act. Yes, um, indeed I do. Uh, I've heard about it when it was first um, uh, passed into a law in 2019. And then it was actually also um, discussed in our classes. So we already have a few background on it. I think so if it was discussed in our classrooms and it's been at the talk of the town, I think this is even more relevant since I think we have to get to know the ins and outs of the law because you know as medical professionals we should not just take in what is given to us we are you know meant to scrutinize these things and today we are lucky enough to be with a guest who will guide us by doing that so before anything else Rini, you know just to you know warm up the temperature and to get our viewers interested about this what are your thoughts about this healthcare law okay for that um i think 
this is a very timely not real timely but about time that we actually have this law and actually implement it well um it has a good intention but as of now i think it's a little bit more ambitious especially with our political climate and uh, you know everything especially now there's pandemic yeah but um it's very important for us like um future medical doctors and other health professionals to be actually part of the dialogue about this so that we can scrutinize what it would actually mean for us in the future i think that's a very good point of view green even for myself as a public health graduate you know i think we should have to agree that health and being in medicine is political yes. you know and now that we have this law up in store i think it's even more relevant for us to discuss since moreover in this pandemic we need this law to back us up not just us but the people in the grassroots with their needs so i think for also our viewers to get what we're trying to say here for those who are not you know very familiar with the with the healthcare law allow me to enlighten you with a brief summary of what is the philippine universal healthcare law so the philippine universal healthcare law ensures that all filipinos are health literate provided with healthy and improved living conditions with better access to services in health as well as be granted protection from risks that could harm their health so this law aims to address several healthcare system objectives access to effective and affordable healthcare commodities and amenities and to promote reduction costs to its consumers Yes, that's true. And knowing this will definitely benefit our viewers and future medical professionals such as ourselves as it involves the maintenance and improvement of health services in order to achieve wellness and build a healthy living. Yes, that's right, Greeny. And while Greeny and I are third-year medical students and might be, you know, familiar with this healthcare law as we have discussed this inside our classroom, we are lucky to be with someone today who is even more knowledgeable since he has practiced his medicine Uh, you know, knowledge, and I've seen how this law has been working in the grassroots. So allow me to present our guest for today, who will be assisting us in dissecting the uh, UHC that we'll be discussing today. Our guest speaker for today is one of the most highly respected doctors, not just in the CPA College of Medicine, but also in the province of Iloilo. He took up medicine at West Visayas State University College of Medicine and underwent residency training in family medicine at St. Paul's Hospital, Iloilo. He had his fellowship training in palliative care in Singapore. Singapore through a study grant sponsored by the Asia Pacific Hospice and Palliative Care Network and the Lien Foundation, an NGO in Singapore that promotes palliative care and upholds the dignity of life, particularly at the end of life. While on fellowship in Singapore, he also earned a graduate certificate in health and palliative care through distance education from Flinders University in Adelaide, Australia. He's a diplomat and fellow of the Philippine Academy of Family Physicians, and he's also a diplomat of the Philippine Board of Pain Medicine. He is an active consultant in the Department of Family and Community Medicine of St. Paul's Hospital, Iloilo, and of Iloilo Mission Hospital. He is a part-time faculty member of the Section of Preventive Community and Family Medicine of CPU College of Medicine and professorial lecturer at the West Visayas State University College of Medicine. He was a past president of the Iloilo chapter of the Philippine Academy of Family Physicians and he is currently in his second and final year as president of the Iloilo Medical Society. We are so glad to, you know, virtually be with this doctor since uh, in in physical classes you'd always do like little chit chats, right, Greeny? Yes, so allow yes. me and please join me in welcoming Dr. Jesus Eugenio Garin de Jesus as he talks more about universal healthcare law. Hello, doc. Good afternoon. Hello. Good afternoon, Amy and uh, Jasper. Good afternoon. How are you doing, Doc? Uh, I'm a little tense from all <laughs> these preparations. 
<laughs> I'm honored to be um, invited by the APMC uh, Student Network Visayas no, to be uh, part of your podcast okay, this Saturday. Yes. Baka, Doc, it's the cafe, Doc, that makes you tense this after. But nonetheless, I think we'll have a good time this afternoon. We are very honored, Doc, to be with you. Uh, yes, we're very honored <laughs> to be with you. So, Doc, I think we have to start the ball rolling since yes. we're very excited to hear from you, your opinions, your thoughts, since you're very much a well-expert in this field. So, let me start by throwing this first question. Tech team, please. What is the UHC law and what are the goals of the universal healthcare? Okay, universal healthcare uh, means that all Filipinos are guaranteed equitable access to quality and affordable healthcare goods and services and protected against financial risk. Okay, as you've mentioned earlier that this was signed into law two years ago by President Duterte, uh, this law contains comprehensive and progressive reforms that will ensure all Filipinos to be healthy, protected from health hazards and risks, and have access to affordable quality and readily available health services suitable to their needs. Yes, um, uh, every Filipino should be able to have access to preventive, promotive, curative, rehabilitative, and palliative health services through the UHC. The UHC will improve and strengthen existing health care processes by highlighting primary care close to families and communities supported by hospitals contracted as part of a network and making the Philippine Health Insurance Corporation membership automatic for all Filipinos. And this will eventually lead to the establishment of better networks of providers and facilities making health accessible from Apari to Holo. Wow. Doc, so, napaka-kansya, no? It has a good... Uh, Gold yes. doc no na everyone every Filipino regardless if they pay yes, their uh, their PhilHealth uh, membership and contribution na they are actually covered. So, yun yah, uh, it sounds so good. Yes. <laughs> Pero uh, di ba doc? Uh, although it was just the intention passed in, is indeed noble. Yes. Mm. And yet, uh, and we will discuss later pa on on that mo. But uh, Doc, uh, even if it was um, passed in 2019, it was uh, already in the works for a few years now, diba? Actually, in 2019, the implementing rules and regulations no, were thoroughly deliberated by a lot of stakeholders, no, both in the public and private sectors, to ensure that um, they'll uh, apply to everyone, just to select few. Unfortunately, I don't think all the stakeholders were pleased, no? um, particularly um, uh, uh, those of the recipients, uh, sorry, those who are to provide services. No? They weren't pleased with the, um, the monetary remuneration, okay? But uh, uh, maybe it's safe to say that the intent is that all Filipinos no, should benefit or will be glad no, to have access to health services, particularly basic health services no, under the universal health care law here in the Philippines. Yeah, that's, not, that's really a nice uh, 
intention. Uh, okay. I think Greeny, I yeah. agree with you. Now that uh-huh. we mentioned that it's really it's for yes. all. It's 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 dreamy. When you hear about it, it's like at the get go, you would see that oh, this is like for all, which means no Filipino left behind. So I think, Doctor, we would proceed to the next question because it is relevant to, even to our listeners. Maybe you would like to know what should Filipinos ex- expect from the universal healthcare law? Since, you know, not everyone is well-versed with the law. Not everyone reads thoroughly to that 18 pages document that Greeny and I tried to understand. But, you know, a normal Filipino would uh, may be listening to this. I mean, those people who do not really get into the law and uh, and the you know the the ins and outs of it. So, Doc, can you just summary? I mean, shortly tell us what should Filipinos expect from this UHC law, Doc? Um, all Filipinos expect to be able to have access to health services, you know, throughout the country, uh, in any um, healthcare institution, more so uh, in the. Uh, sector, okay, that um, uh, they don't um, they don't even have to be necessary. Uh, they all automatically will be members of uh, the um, of the Philippine Health Insurance Corporation. No? They don't even need to bring their IDs to show proof that uh, they are members of the PhilHealth to be able to um, get uh, services f- for healthcare, you know, particularly in them. In the public sector, okay. In sector, um, UHD will help to at least partially um, uh, pay uh, healthcare services rendered to our fellow Filipinos, no. But in the public sector, it's expected as much as uh, you know the total bill will be um, shouldered by, by the Philippine government. That's how, that's how I understand it, no. Particularly in the public sector, that the total bill will be shouldered by the Philippine government for Filipinos uh, needing hospital services you know, in um, uh, in Philippine in Philippine hospitals. You know? But again, let's let's go back to the basics. The intent of the law is not to you know uh, uh, for the curative aspect of health. You no, know, as uh, we've learned in um, preventive community family medicine, the intent of the law is to strengthen primary uh, level of prevention. Okay, provide basic healthcare services to all Filipinos again, you no, know, from Luzon to Mindanao. Um, making sure that um, everyone is able to take better care of themselves because they already have uh, healthcare accessible, affordable, um, uh, within reach, you know, within their respective localities. Um, with regards to universal health, uh, um, there, there was a contentious issue which I, I read. No, is it for free? No. Again, I'd like to reiterate. No, it's not for free, or it's. Uh, uh, the intent right now is just def- um, to defray um, or minimize out-of-pocket expenses for Filipinos, no. But unfortunately, it's not for free, no. Unless no Filipinos uh, pay more no, for for universal health care, no. What the Philippine government um, has tried to um, uh, help uh, our, our Filipino countrymen, no, to be able to attain some quality of universal health care is to um, well, impose taxes, no, uh, to get revenue, no, for supporting the universal health care. Uh, such um, tax measures that were implemented were particularly the sin tax law, were in um, uh, products such as uh, tobacco, cigarettes, uh, alcohol, no, and uh, were you know they were levied with taxes. And recently, I, I in my opinion, it was like a cough, 
it's like a copy copied law from other countries, particularly the United States, no? the sugar sweetened beverage taxes. We're in, imagine even our soft drinks and um, uh, uh, flavored uh, beverages no? and others uh, and other food products uh, which uh, have added sugar no? may, may added, there will be added taxes no? <laughs> and that sugar sweetened beverage tax the intent of that is uh, it will help no, um, uh, uh, help uh, in the provision of universal health care no, to capitalize universal health care in the country mm. Mm. Yeah. Yes. That's actually good, Doc, that this law uh -oh. would actually focus more on the preventive side because yes. uh, in the long run, the, the government would actually be saving a lot of money because na, uh, na puro reactive lang po tayo. So, better mm -hmm. na may proactive din na side tong law na ito. Uh, I'd like to correct that, Rini. The intent mm. is not for the government to save money. It's for the Filipino. Supposedly, for the, for yes, the Filipino, I did. Yes, yes. The, no. the Filipino, the government, the government is expected to pay for the services, mm. uh, to the healthcare services to all Filipinos. That's their yes. job. To ensure the quality of life. I think it's, I think it's based on the Philippine Constitution not to uphold the quality of life for all Filipinos, no? Yes. Um, well. So, um, uh, uh, um, it's for the Filipino, at least for the intent is just to help lighten their pockets. But yeah. in my opinion, it's also, it should also be a two-way street, um, if I may say, no? Filipinos are supposed to take better care of themselves, no? Yeah. Um, they particularly, well, exercising daily as, as much as they can, no? Eating the right foods, avoiding, uh, avoiding or minimizing uh, excesses, particularly uh, uh, alcohol, uh, sugary foods, or even um, uh, even tobacco, for that matter. No. Yes, Doc. Uh, doc I think uh, now uh, this is just the way as well. Yeah. Yes, Doc. Because you, you yes. mentioned already about being two-way street, and allow me to you know bring this question since I think uh, it's relevant. You mentioned that this is not just like an aspect of the government providing the needs for all the Filipinos and the people should also do their part. Mm -hmm. So maybe now before we go to the role of, of the community members, now that you mentioned that uh, we should have a two-way street mm -hmm. about this, you mentioned a while ago about stakeholders and you told us that there are also different stakeholders who are responsible in making this universal to achieve universal health care here in the Philippines. So maybe we could we could dig deeper into that. Like for example, what are the roles of major institutions such as DOH, PhilHealth, and the LGU in, in the law? Since we're talking about, you know, it's it's a multifactorial approach. So I think we have to inform also our listeners what are these institutions role when mm -hmm. achieving universal health care. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks very much, Jasper. Okay, uh, primarily the three pillars, actually there are four pillars. Uh, I uh, can't remember the fourth one, but uh, okay. The, the Department of Health is tasked with providing the, uh, the architecture or, or the means to deliver health, okay? They're the ones for the manpower, for the, um, for the, I believe also for the supplies, whatever, and also the, Hospitals um, and the barangay health clinics. No, that's the rule. Okay, that uh, to make sure that um, there's a system in place. Okay, the Department of Health for the provision of healthcare. The PhilHealth, in my opinion, no, is um, their provision. Uh, uh, their role is to help finance. No, the expenses. No, uh, in uh, keeping the the ball rolling for universal healthcare throughout the country. No? So to check and balance, no? so at least um, 
Department of Health will provide the, the architecture, the framework for the healthcare provision. Who will finance it will be the PhilHealth, okay? Primarily, it's solely the PhilHealth. And then who will, um, who will be the authority to implement um, healthcare in the, in the localities? No? Uh, uh, it will be the local government units and the and um, uh, local government units uh, such as in the provinces and cities here in Iloilo, no? uh, at provinces, municipalities, and cities here in Iloilo, in Iloilo, in sorry, throughout the Philippines for that matter. Uh, thank you for correcting on that one. Um, uh, that, will, that will be their responsibility to ensure that um, you know the there are people in place, no. Um, uh, uh, doctors, nurses, uh, midwives, no, uh, to be able to to render primary care. Okay, that's uh, still the, the intent is still primary care. Okay, not tertiary care. Okay, that means the intent again is to provide basic services, no, for the Filipinos, no, in any country. And I think the fourth one, if I'm not sure if I got it right, no, one of should be the I think the private sector will also help out on this, no. Um, uh, in the implementation of the Universal Healthcare Act, okay? uh, much as you know, lending out their support uh, that uh, um, the Universal Healthcare Law, rather in the Philippines, no, will uh, will be smooth sailing. Okay, um, okay. In my opinion, um, in my opinion, particularly during the um, uh, well, during the pandemic or during this pandemic that we're experiencing right now, no, I think universal healthcare was still being very much implemented, no. Um, such that uh, as much as possible, the, Philipp the Philippine Health Insurance Corporation um, pays no, for the RT-PCRs no? um, uh, that all Filipinos are no, no? Um, That's why, as we've heard in the news, no, the, the Philippine Red Cross no, demanded payment uh, from the, the Philipp Philippine Health Insurance Corporation for uh, just a huge sum. I, I I couldn't remember in, in the exact amount right now. No, so so they were expected not to pay for the um, RT-PCR testing no, of uh, Filipinos throughout the country. No, during this pandemic, and yes, because that was the mandate uh, that was given to health. No, to find the health provision, the country had to they had to pay for that. So that was I think that was part of the universal health care provision mm -hmm. in the country during during the pandemic. Uh, other, other, I think, um, uh, what do you call this? Other things that went through that uh, Universal Healthcare Act to be felt or seen was that um, Filipinos who were hospitalized, particularly those who were severely, uh, severely ill, no, you know, binabayaran yun ng, ng feel health, no, Again, I think, uh, through the Universal Healthcare Act. No? That was the intent. No? So, um, yeah, but uh, again, uh, I'd like to reiterate um, primarily the intent of universal health care in the country is to strengthen primary care provision, okay? To, to, yeah. to prevent disease, no? Uh, to prevent disease and um, uh, uphold um, quality health care for all. Yes. 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 So, parang, uh, based on this discussion, Doc, parang at this point, parang, it's very evident for us that healthcare really is political and it's very affected with the, the political um, machinations <laughs> that is currently undergoing. So, especially, yun yeah, yung, yung mm -hmm. issue with the Red Cross and Field Health, no? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So that's why it's very important for us to uh, us in the healthcare sector um, to be a um, very socially aware and be part of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'd, I'd like to think um, supposedly the universal healthcare law should not be affected by politics no, as much as possible because the intent is that uh, all Filipinos should uh, receive quality health care no, through, through this law. Unfortunately, those uh, supposedly providing services through the local governments, that's where the yeah. um, uh, the contentious uh, <laughs> participation of politics comes in. Yes, yes, Doc. Yes, yes, I, I would have to cut you off on that, Doc. Since um, we mentioned the stakeholders yep. who would need to participate in achieving UHC, and I think it's pretty much clear that you have mentioned the four pillars based on how you understand it, like DOH, responsible for the means, health or helping the finances, LG implementation. Of course, the private sector, they need to coordinate with uh, the public, uh, you know, organizations that would entail achieving UHC. And we just have to remind our viewers and listeners that, you know, just to reiterate, it's really about primary health care. But I think, Doc, um, you're right when you said that these institutions we have just mentioned should be really looking into the measurement and the means to get to UHC. Because I think um, you mentioned about coordination and it's a two-way street, not just by the people, but um, the, the government. So the next question, Doc, actually you answered this question a while ago, but we just want you to reiterate further on what is the role of the Filipino people? Because a while ago, you said that as much as we have these institutions backing us up with our health and the government is mandated by the law to provide for the needs when it comes to health of the Filipinos. Now, I think mm. we have to put our attention to our listeners, to our viewers. What are mm. the Filipino people's role, the society and communities to support the UHC law? Since um, it also goes back here when you said a while ago that UHC could be achieved through uh, proper implementation and people in place. And actually, Doc, based also on readings, that uh, one of the six building blocks of the UHC is really about governance. And it also means rallying to people on how this would be practiced. So, yeah. Doc King, can you yes. enlighten yes. us with the idea of what is the role of the Filipino people in this UHC? I think the role of the Filipino people is to wholeheartedly support uh, and, um, let's say, accept no, what the UHC law caters, okay? Um, again, on the preventive aspects, no, they should uh, participate primarily, for example, in the immunization campaign, no? That the children uh, ages zero to five, no, should be able to get, no, from the, from the government, no? That they should um, uh, uh, give birth, no, at birthing centers, no, that are designated by, uh, by, by the Department of Health, no, they shouldn't be given. They shouldn't be giving birth at home, okay. Um, again, to uh, minimize, if not eliminate, no maternal mortality, in, you know, for that, you know. And um, uh, going further, um, uh, Filipinos again are supposed to wholeheartedly, um, you know, uh, uh, go to the. Uh, to ensure you know um, their health, okay, particularly um, uh, the primary healthcare units where they're supposed to go to, no. And like right now, it seems to be it's a free wheel, free wheel dealing system here in our country right now. For example, um, if you have um, let's say, uh, let's say if you feel unwell, some some uh, Filipinos would still go 
to they felt that they had chest pain they would they would immediately go to a specialist such as a cardiologist no or a pulmonologist uh, they didn't go to a primary care physician no um to be able to help address their um healthcare needs no in fact um because of that um in my opinion that old framework in they immediately go to specialists for healthcare no um the expenses uh, end up uh, far a lot more no compared to if they go to a primary health physician who supposed to know them better since they're just part of the community for that matter no their healthcare their healthcare expenses will in my opinion will be um, definitely uh, kept in check okay and um, used for other purposes rather than wasted on unnecessary let's say laboratories or other healthcare expenses no so um Yeah, going uh, back again about uh, fellow Filipinos uh, should um, uh, what do you call this? Um, Role uh, that cater. I I I I I lack the word right now. Parang sa Tagalog, kailan yeah. tangkiliki nila, no sponsor or participate? Yes. No, they should tangkiliki uh, nila. Forgive for the better Make word use. right now. I can't Make use, no, rather than disregard, no, uh, the healthcare services that are already provided for in the Universal Healthcare Act. Uh, law of the Philippines. Okay. Yeah. So I think we're going. We're battling against um, uh, the cultural norm about here, doc. Especially since yeah. um, for the low income, low income families that let's say yeah. they don't want to go to the doctor because isipin nila ah mahal, wala naman ako yes. pera to do that. Yes. They would actually some would actually not prefer not to go to the doctor because they would know that they would have a disease and then ay may pera, may gagastusin pa. Better na lang hindi ko alam na may sakit ako. Parang Unfortunately, ganyan. true. That's mm. true. Yes. Oh. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's I, a great point. Yes, mm-hmm. no. Proceed. Sana um Healthcare, you know, a lot of information campaigns has still to be done. No, our roles right now, no, uh, as providers of medicine, no, bilang doctors, no, we should uh, um, help in the education campaign. No, uh, sana we all singing to the same tune. No, that um, universal healthcare is good for our country, is good for our Philippines, for all of us. No, even us uh, doctors, no, <laughs> because we are the ones who are going to provide healthcare services to our. Uh, countrymen and also and as well we're also going to reap the benefits no of uh, uh, ensuring good health to our fellow Filipinos no we have maybe blunt we have continued income because we have our uh, primary health care our own primary health care networks uh, which we man no um, continued income and then um, we ensure that our, our practice is kept healthy no because uh, our um, because our patients so within our locality within our unit no are kept healthy for that matter no mm-hmm. nalilimit natin sana ang ang sakit sa ating mga um, kapwa Pilipino no uh, and again the goal is to uphold better health sana that is the goal no i mean that's, uh, that's a very good call now when when we were yeah. asked when we asked doc about the role of Filipino people yes i think tama naman that we have to really rally for it but i think now dialogues like this that we have with APMCSN Like you know, even myself, I didn't have the full blown knowledge of what the UHC entails until I was informed about this. I think uh, we have to get into dialogues with uh, different sectors because I think um, not everyone is given the chance to yeah. hear this very podcast. And I think um, it's really more of getting the services out there than just having it as a law. Because you know, when it's talk about service, it's really about uh, green. When you talk about service, it's really more of like the receiving end. 
And I yes, think yes. Uh, the Filipino people should really know that this exists because I think as of the moment, there are really a lot of inequalities in the community. Let's say when you go to the hospitals, I still ha- know cases that they were looking for uh, PhilHealth IDs, you know, and uh, those things. So I think uh, we have to get this dialogue going. And I think that's what mm-hmm. a good thing today that we are informed by Doc Jean that mm-hmm. other than the law, I mean, like role of the Filipinos to be supportive, I think we have to fully disseminate this information. And I'm happy that we're doing this kind of talk to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, speaking of dissemination, no? I mean, I think that's part of our roles as medical students. I mean, yeah. also as future medical doctors to actually get the ball rolling. Yes. <laughs> to actually, yeah, th- this is one of the those um, platforms, I guess. So um, additional nandoks about the role of the Filipino people is that um, before this UHC Act, Uh, law rather is that um since it was still contributory and non-contributory is like mm-hmm. parang mahal yung premiums pero pare-pareho lang yung yung benefits parang yan yung isa sa mga iniisip ng others that's why they don't actually pay or even do they do parang ganun yung um idea doc na um same lang yung benefits pala nila tapos same yung malaki yung premium ganyan so How would that actually transcend to this um, to this dif- law now? Since everyone is already uh, uh, a uh, um, a member. Yes, doc. Yes, already a member. Yes, doc. So, parang Uh-oh. ano pa yung kanila Uh-oh. na magbabayad pa sila? It's expected as a member. Oh, Just document proceed, doc. Yeah, I forgot. Uh, okay, good. Um, I had a, uh, a little um, what's it? A cut off on ano, on sound. Sorry about that. <laughs> no problem, no. Uh, cut off on sound. Okay. Um, as I was saying, um, sorry. Based on what I could see right now, no. Um, actually, up to 2025, naman, that uh, there will be incremental increases in the premium contributions of Filipinos. No, that's written in the law. Okay. Again, the um, I think the intent of that is to build the base cap for expenses no uh, entailed to ensure quality health for all Filipinos no um, the uh, I think if you earn more you need to pay more sana sa ano no sa uh, universal healthcare law I, I admit um, a lot of uh, doctors nga umaalma nga no particularly when they had to to pay no for this um uh we call this uh premium rates no by the PhilHealth no just to be able to uh, one to be still um, um, healthcare providers no in the in uh, in PhilHealth no uh, okay just uh, just a little briefer no um, since I am self-employed no um, though I am part of the faculty of the uh, Central Philippine University but I am just some part-time faculty anyway, I consider myself self-employed no um, to be able to uh, be given the um, enjoy rather the status of a accredited healthcare provider of the Philippine Health Insurance Corporation i have to pay you know my premium dues way you know uh, three years and yeah three years before, uh, during the three year period i am as a uh, 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 as a member no of the philhealth no um, i have to admit when the universal healthcare uh, was implemented tumaas ng malaki no ang bayaran ng mga doktor no uh, sa PhilHealth so, nga, um, see, I think every, this is common knowledge anyway I I will not uh, ko na kailangan taguin to sa ano no na uh, um, 
ayan nga uh, a lot sasabi ng sabi ng ibang mga doktor mga kilala ko ikaw na nga ang nag contribution mo tapos malit lang makukuha mo daw no from field health no um i'd like to think that with sana this is just the birthing pains of universal healthcare in our country no that this is not the be all and end all but of course parang masakit nga rin na parang um you as a physician particularly i myself no bilang uh, uh self employed and um, i have to get no? you know, my, my palliative care practice no i mean uh, uh, uh you know patients can be few and far in between no and uh um and they have to pay this much no for just to be able to uh be granted the status of a um accredited healthcare provider uh field health no Uh, just to be able to be paid no uh, for uh, the services i provide for no for our countrymen no um so going back again um uh, yung yung contention na malaki bang bab- malaking binabayaran um unfortunately it's ano eh, um it's common it's common no? in other countries nga, like uh, like when i was in singapore no uh, uh, a lot, singaporeans really demand a lot from their healthcare system no because they pay a lot no But subsabinin, uh, they're in Singapore. They also receive a lot, no? They are paid the uh, big, also, no? But here in the Philippines, what basic wage is only 350 pesos, no? Which is just what less than uh, less than uh, uh, US, no? Um, that's uh, that's not enough to be able to cover for their for themselves and for their families, no? So. parang mahirap rin lutukin it's difficult to swallow no the uh, the financial requirements of uh, the UHC just to keep it rolling no through the field health no but um maybe ito lang maybe some saving grace forgive me for uh, uh, look not all Filipinos are affected today like when you're a, when you hit 60 when you're a senior citizen no and um you're not anymore earning an income you're not expected to pay anymore for your contributions of field health no that tawag yan na indirect contrib- uh, yeah, indirect contributors ka to field health no uh, kasi more consumer ka ng services ng universal health care no uh, to field health no uh, those uh, receiving um, um, uh, persons with disabilities also who filed uh, even they haven't reached 60 but have filed their persons with disabilities they also enjoy no um perks no <laughs> perks but are they not expected to pay no so to feel help no um uh, and other and other uh, groups for that matter no so maybe those able-bodied working filipinos no are uh, for me the heroes of uh, the universal health care because in they, they provide funds no to be able to ensure health for everyone Yes, yes. Yeah, thank you, Doc, um, for yeah. that uh, um, insight on that. Mm-hmm. Especially, uh, I've already heard man, uh, nataas talaga yung field health na contribution for the for doctors talaga, eh. and a lot of them are actually yeah. a little feel, feeling hurt. <laughs> They feel hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, just just between just between us, you know, I'm ex- I'm turning another. I mean, this year I will be paying again my field health uh, my field health. Uh, Yeah, uh, uh, I have to re- uh, renew my accreditation as a as a healthcare provider in field health this year. I already fear how much I hope I can afford it. <laughs> I don't know. 
building right now that we can stagger our payments and like noon na parang lump sum you know you have to pay the whole three years no but you don't every year they promise to pay this much but still it's yes, a huge no. amount I think, no, yeah, no. I, I kind of agree I think more, more importantly, mm-hmm. like it's really about like like equity. Like you know, we try to look into the implementation that we have to you know have monitoring through the years. And I think this is what the beauty of laws are. You know, we can actually look into how these are monitored. But you know, before I proceed, Doc Jean and Greeny, mm-hmm. I think uh, we just have a quick like breather by giving a recap. And to our viewers who just came in, so you're watching the third episode of Tell Med About It. So this is the Health Policy Podcast. Brought to you by APMCS and HPOL, and this afternoon you are hearing a podcast, and uh, we're talking about the universal healthcare law. And just to inform our viewers, and especially those who are in our Facebook Live, that um, your questions that are in there would be would try to cater it if we still have time later. But uh, if we cannot, well, you can message the APMCS, and if you could like bring the question up to our doctor, then maybe we could find ways to uh, reach Doc Gene. But other than that, the other questions that we're throwing now is what we did before we had this podcast plan. We had questions thrown to different med schools. We consolidated them, and right now we're having these questions asked with Doc Jean. And now that the questions are getting interested, I think um, you now get to have a background of what we talked about. If you weren't here a little earlier, since we're like 40 minutes in our podcast, we had already talked about the basics of UHC law. What are the roles of different institutions to achieving UHC, and also the Filipino stroll. And just recently, a while ago, like Greeny talked and asked about. You know the difference when it comes to the payment or the premium that different Filipino uh, social classes are trying to look into. So, Doc, now I'll proceed with the next question. Since um, you know in the Philippines, we uh, Gita or like the geographically isolated and disadvantaged areas are really put into attention yes. because a lot of Filipinos who are part of the Gita. So now I would just like to ask, since we're looking yeah. into the rural and the, the the urban setting, accessing primary healthcare is much easier in the cities as compared to rural communities. I think that's um, because Ooh. of the geography and Ooh. the services and you know the 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 density of, of healthcare system and like healthcare providers. Now how will the mm. government ensure doc that the Gita or the geographically isolated and disadvantaged areas will also benefit from the UHC law? That's why the definition of so-called uh, primary healthcare providers, you no, know, uh, under the UHC, you no, know, was, in my opinion, um, expanded. You no, know? it uh, it does not necessarily have to be a doctor who will provide primary healthcare services in communities, particularly in GDAS, for that matter. You no, know? it can be a nurse uh, or other uh, or a midwife. Uh, you no. Know? Um, who are trained you not know, to provide basic healthcare services, only basic healthcare services. So perhaps, um, for example, part of the healthcare services I'm thinking right now, for example, um, immunization. Maybe perhaps uh, a well a trained nurse can be able to, uh, to provide immunizations. But again, under the, the guidance of a physician, for that matter, no. Um, um, Going back again regarding, so uh, I'd like to reiterate that uh, the primary healthcare provider under the UHC may not necessarily be a MD. Okay, yes. can be an I, I think the way I understand the, the law, no, it can be an RN or a licensed midwife who had been paid to provide basic healthcare services. Um, basic healthcare services, perhaps, would just be you know. Um, Making sure that uh, you know uh, no fever, no uh, blood pressure, okay, gaining weight, uh, uh, right? No, ensuring in 
eating well, stuff like that. Na, ano, no, just to basic healthcare services. Other than that, no, um, if they, if the primary healthcare provider thinks that the their client needs or uh, the client needs to access the patient client needs to access no um, more specialized healthcare, then they should you know, refer this uh, patient client to um, uh, centers no uh, special specialty centers no in in the cities uh, in the municipalities in the cities no not just in their localities like, for example in their geographically isolated communities no that's how I understand it okay but again going back the intent of the universal healthcare is that all Filipinos will have access to basic healthcare services wherever they are from the far islands no up to the mountains no there will be some forth of healthcare provision no, throughout the yes. country yes yes I think naman doc, uh, with this discussion uh, so I think it's also beneficial to actually include ang mga uh, conflict prone areas because aside yeah. from just geographic and then disadvantage like um, you know hard to reach but also medyo talamak na din yung kanya yun eh, yung conflict areas like not just in Mindanao but uh, also recently here in in Panay right doc? Mm. And I think, Green, I think we, what I like about this question, because we got into, you know, the conversation that, you know, healthcare or like basic healthcare doesn't just start and end inside a clinic. Because, you know, in some GDAS, I mean, most GDAS, wala naman talagang, malayo talaga sila sa healthcare system. So that's why I think um, what I also discovered by just reading and looking to HUHC, yung niya, yung sinabi ni Doc na, it doesn't just involve MDs. It involves nurses. It also involves pharmacists. So it's like um, it's, it gives us a broader spectrum that we're really in this as a community, yeah. not just those who are technically MDs. So yes. it's really amazing that we have this. I think really I agree with you, Green. It's the vision, the idea is very good. It goes back now to how it's going to be implemented, right, Doc? We agree with that statement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, Green. Green. Okay. So now, Doc, that uh, we talked about, can... Doc. Yes, Doc. Anything else you would like to quickly add on that? I just want to say, looking back right now, as we were talking, no, I think the universal healthcare does not envision the doctor to always be the captain of the ship, or you know that he will be the one to be followed. No, um, uh, kailangan may deflect because again, we'd like to focus on basic primary care services, no, primary healthcare services, no. Uh, Magkatilongo, hindi naman tanim na dalok kita na kita tanan ng provide etc. No, sa provision at no. Share it. There are others also who have good talents, no. Um, practic- uh, you know, nurses can do that too, no. Or not, or not. Midwives can do that too, no. Providing basic healthcare services. It's not necessarily lang doctor lang. But the intent again of the basic healthcare services provided uh, by the by the primary healthcare provider, no, under the UHC, it should also be paid well. Yeah. Not yung pakaramput lang na oh, saging at saka pautan o gulay lang bibigay something that not. So they should be paid well because they're also earning they're also earning a living they're also ensuring you know uh, our fellow Filipinos are cared for well no they should yeah. be compensated well yes that's 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 actually a nice way to um, address the the question of manpower doc no kasi admittedly there's very few doctors compared to the population yung ratio yung ng ratio yeah. ng doctors to the population so by oh. uh, by expanding the um, the primary healthcare provider to also to nurses to and to others parang um, 
it could we could cater to more people that way yes yes and yes. then maganda yung sinabi mo doc na they should also be paid well and compensated talaga because that's one way that we can actually address the brain drain here in the philippines because um mm-hmm. admittedly uh, outside i mean abroad it would be easier for us to actually to um you know to have to earn more money and to have more benefits to, uh, mm. in our lives. To, to, be, to, the, bet, to the better mm. life. To the yes. better life. Because mm. not everyone oh. can afford to be noble and you know be, <laughs> be a martyr. Like that. What I like, Green, about this question <laughs> and the outlook of Doc is that um, we talked about preventive and community medicine, right? So kids, the med students out there, I think you should focus more on PCFM classes because we were taught about you know yes, yes. inability in the community and how the community should be involved in providing solutions that's why the beauty of uh, community medicine and this UHC law what comes in between or like what's the common factor is that we look into basic healthcare that is provided at the grassroots level and i think when we address that like when we address a health problem down the community it would be you know uh, going up to the tertiary level might not be i think highly unlikely So I think uh, when we focus more in the grassroots community to take care of them, I think we could, you know, lessen the healthcare burden that we are having in the healthcare system. So thank you, Doc, for lighting us uh, with that because I think that's a very um, crucial aspect of the UHC law. That's not just med- doctors, but you know, other uh, people also in the medical field. So, Doc, now um, let's go to the next question. I just want to ask. Mm-hmm. This is a very relevant question since you know all the anomalies recently over the news, and I think our listeners are now itching to ask this question so allow me to do it for everyone else so as it as known doc phil health is a pivotal aspect of the uhc law so being the social health insurance provider to the majority of filipinos the pandemic only exacerbated the problems already present in the corporation so the question doc is how can we resolve phil health insurance problems pursuant to the goals of the uhc law and in your opinion you think there is a need to restructure the corporation to better achieve the goal set Okay, um, in my I have seen the transition no, of um, healthcare services, particularly the financial aspect, no, um, from if I'm not mistaken, no, before it was through the Medicare or Med Medicare Act, no, uh, uh, of the Social Security system. Tapos taging Phil Health na, no, that Phil Health will address all healthcare needs throughout the country. How can we resolve against Sana um, as much as possible? Sana, you know, corruption should be stamped or stamped. No, no. Naman nila lokohin naman na ang kapo Pilipino nila depriving them of basic uh, healthcare services because kinopit. No. Um, I think I uh, let uh, if you allow me to digress. As I read in the news, no, that's the alleged 15 billion pesos that were supposedly missing. No. Uh, Uh, from the field health, no, that um, practically drove away, no, uh, former president, uh, Dante, I think, from, uh, president, uh, the retired general Morales, no, from the helm, no, of the of the field health, no. Sabi daw niya daw that they were able daw to locate now where that 90% of that 15 billion pesos. So I said, so why did they have to, um, you know, remove uh, General Morales, no, and um, his uh, 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 his staff, no, who is part of his team, no, uh, because of this, um, uh, how can we solve field health insurance problems? I think, uh, I think we should have to be vigilant. No? We have to make sure that uh, 
you know, we know where the money's going to. No? Uh, let's say the other arms of the government, the Commission on Audit, no, they have to be vigilant. No, um, uh, even as much as possible. So even those in the those who provide uh, healthcare, no, wag naman nila dayain ang till health, no. Uh, for example, common cold lang yun, nilagay uh, ng pneumonia, para they can claim more from PhilHealth. No? Uh, sana wag naman nila gawin yun, no? I have to admit that before the case rate system of PhilHealth, we're in um, only one, uh, you know, one major di- one major diagnosis ng babayaran lang nila na ano, no? Before, uh, it was confusing, no? And uh, so many doctors, no, uh, what do you call this, uh, had to had to divide the pie, no, from health, uh, from field health, just to be able to be paid for their services. But now, because of the case trade system, at sa limit lang, if not only na, no, it's only the attending physician who will receive, no, um, uh, yung bayad, no, for, for their healthcare services to, to the uh, to the patient, no. I think it's also a way that um, uh, to limit the so-called uh, multiple referrals, no, sa, of a patient not to other doctors, no, uh, as much as possible to, to, to limit expenses as well. So, uh, um, sana rin naman that uh, Filipino physicians, no, particularly uh, primary healthcare physicians, of which uh, the family physicians is our lead example for, no, um, Filipino physicians are more capable to take care of and uh, identify, address, no, um, the illnesses of their patients and uh, treat them properly, not to subject their patients into the merry-go-round, no, the Ferris wheel of referrals, no, na ang kawawang Pilipino, no, na uh, mamumulubin sa pagbabayad, no, um, as well as the PhilHealth for that matter. That's why PhilHealth na uh, tried to um, restructuring you know, the payment system you know, uh, to healthcare providers you know, in the country. Okay. Um, so I, I think we can agree naman, Doc, that we need more transparency in our government, especially in the, in in the phil, in field health right now. And also mm-hmm. maybe we could demand accountability from our yes. leaders, especially yes. on this. I like I like to 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 add up to that, you know, because you know I have a friend. Every time we talk about the issues about field health, parang we always go back to this analogy that when we ride a jeepney, I think most Filipinos ride jeepney. It's gonna be a great experience. Pag hindi ka pa nakaride ng jeepney, yung konting suklinga lang sinisingil natin pag hindi na ibabalik ng jeepney driver. What more millions and billions of people? I mean, of money. From the Filipino people, that should go back to what it's used for. So I think um, this is a good opportunity for us to talk about it, and um, you know, to to also rally to our podcast listeners and to those who are watching now and will watch this. That um, being vigilant also means that you know we demand, right, Green? Especially now so, that um, yes, we don't see numbers, we don't know where it, uh, it went. And as Doc Eugene uh, also stated a while ago, kung wala nga naman talaga nangyari, why did we? You know, uh, change the the person in charge. So I think that's yeah. uh, good good points that we should ponder on. And it's great that you know in this platform, medical students can talk about it because you know not everyone is on the same page. And I think yes. the goal mm-hmm. of 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 these podcasts that we're having is for us to have a stand um, medically. You know, we are here to serve the people, to be the doctors for Filipinos. And I think what we just the basic that we have to do is to be with the filipino people and when you see this kind of ano balagrin yung tao dito yung injustices i think we should yes. um, speak about it because it might not concern you directly 
but in our profession we are interrelated you think yes. Sabrina? yes and also i think na for us to, uh, as doctors we have this a special place of power power that we could actually be the sponsors or the give a voice to those who are not voiceless quote-unquote yeah so to be the champions of their of their healthcare because i think um some people would not be actually aware of of, of that of field health na, na missing that would they, since it's such an abstract thought to them they think mm-hmm. that it's not theirs that mm-hmm. hindi parang for example i mean in that jeepney analogy is that we demand for that because we know that it's ours So that's uh, that's why that for some people they don't really care about it because they don't feel it's theirs. So I think that's our our, our roles, I guess, that we should make them understand that this is your money, this is our money. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we have the right to demand for this for the mm-hmm. for this care from our government. Tama, tama Green. Uh, sorry, Doc, it's, uh, quickly lang, Doc. Kasi parang it's really close to us because, you know, this kind of conversation that does not happen every day. And mm-hmm. when med students talk to each other, we seldom talk about the real things that's happening in our country. So, mm-hmm. when, kasi, when you talk about med school, people's notion would just be, these kids will just be in their books trying to be the best students in town, to be the best doctors, and the real deal happens when you become a doctor. True. And I think, uh, you know, a mo- These kinds of platform would uh, really remind us that as early as now, when we get to know the status of our country, we know what's the current status. We know where we're headed. We know what we could contribute to have a system that would be better off for Filipino people. And then since UHC now is enacted to Allah, our role starts already now because, you know, you know, the conditioning of medical students to be better and good doctors in the future will start in med school. So I think right now, uh, people listening to this, medical students most especially, would uh, have a perspective. And thank you, Doc, for giving us that. You know, it will be uh, much different. It was just us. But having a doctor say those things mean a lot to us. So thank you so much, Doc. Okay. Um, uh, Jasper, I'd like to emphasize again that um, uh, the, the, the Filipino doctor you know, uh, is key to... Well, I don't know, maybe one of the keys you know, to the provision of the universal healthcare law you know, that um, uh, you know, they do not over-treat the patient nor will they under-treat the patient. You know? And uh, again, um, emphasizing on primary uh, level of prevention you know, that uh, they should encourage. You know, they should be examples of, uh, of uh, healthy individuals. You know? Yes. Um, Yeah. So, Doc, now like talking that. about, you know, uh, let's go closer since we're in yeah. a pandemic and we have uh, a lot of people, you know, being mm-hmm. overworked. And since we're talking about UHC and we talk about being for it for everyone. So, the mm-hmm. next question, Doc, uh, we have, uh, you know, a few more. How will the UHC mm-hmm. law protect and advocate the rights of frontliners that are overworked, understaffed, and lack PPE, which were very evident during the pandemic? So will the law give better compensation to Filipino HCW healthcare workers so that they may choose to stay here and serve our motherland? I think this is pretty much related to what we discussed earlier, but I think now is even more uh, better time for us to expound on that matter since, you know, this is relevant, you know. Um, we've yeah. heard a lot of issues in different hospitals that they have been having rallies and movements to, you know, to uh, not go to work because of poor compensation. You know, we have heard of rumors, but um, I don't know if uh, those are pretty much true. 
But then again, I think uh, this is relevant. It's pretty evident in the news. So I think, Doc, we could discuss this. You know what? Uh, the UHC law in the Philippines has only been around for, let's say, two years no? since it was signed in 2019. No? So I don't think that there's still enough uh, base capital, for example, no, uh, to fund no? um, expenses. No? Particularly, the, the, the pandemic really hit everyone hard. No? Um, imagine, no? Um, the Philippines is now, um, uh, what do you call this? Um, they had to go... They had to borrow. They had to borrow money, you know, just to be able to help uh, pay for the medical expenses of our of our countrymen, for the pattern. You know? um, look, uh, uh, I, I read I read or saw in one of the news that, for example, the World Health Organization said that you know the Philippines should not be expecting you know that the vaccines to be provided for in our country will be 100% free. Okay, Filipinos have to pay, no, for some of that uh, money spent, no, uh, um, providing the COVID-19 vaccines. No? Um, uh, so yung yeah, um, two years palang into the universal healthcare, uh, uh, it's still struggling, no. Um, in fact, we didn't expect this, you know. I remember way back in 2019, no, when the universal healthcare started that. Supposedly, Iloilo, uh, the province of Iloilo, was supposed to be one of the pilot areas, no, for um, for the um, for universal healthcare provision, no, throughout uh, the province, no. Na magkakaroon tayo ng primary healthcare, ne- primary healthcare, healthcare networks, no. Um, well, since I am, I have to admit, I am part, I am partially privy to the Saint Paul's Hospital Iloilo, no. Saint Paul's Hospital Iloilo also tried not to. Set up itself no, as a primary healthcare provider no, in the community you know, here in the city of Iloilo. No? But again, um, because of the pandemic, no, parang, um, uh, we had to reorganize or uh, structure no, their priorities. No? Right now, the, very much um, uh, preventing the spread or controlling COVID 19 no, is still the foremost priority here in the country, with um, the PhilHealth, no, with the DOH, other. Um, uh, healthcare programs, like for example, the uh, uh, the fight against tuberculosis, no, has been placed on the sideline. No? And, and, um, uh, but we'll see, you know. Let's give it time, no. Um, it's only it's 2021. We've been a we've been a year through, nearly a year through uh, lockdown um, quarantines here in the country. If not, no, we're not the only ones. The entire world you know, was held captive by COVID-19. But I look forward that um, with more individuals around the world, not only in the Philippines, no, to receive um, COVID-19 vaccination, and then increased awareness naman sana from everyone. No? If you're feeling ill, please wear a mask. Please wash your hands more diligently. And you know, and if you're you're not feeling unwell, please stay you know at least six feet or five meter, uh, no, five meter, a meter, a meter and a half, no, apart from other people, no. Better yet, stay at home. No, Nipa, best stay at home. Don't, don't spread the disease. Um, uh, this is um, this is a game changer. Actually, uh, COVID nineteen was a game changer, and I think the I think looking with the the universal healthcare that was crafted uh, in twenty nineteen, I think um, was not able to foresee, you know, the the pandemic you know, coming. 
Um, but let, let me get this straight. There's another one, the Republic Act 11332, no, where it became mandatory to, for communicable diseases to be reported, no, in the country, no. This um, this uh, law, no, uh, is supposed to um, kind of help control uh, the spread of infectious diseases, no, by the mandatory reporting of, of uh, uh, infectious diseases like COVID-19, no, uh, in the country. Um, but I, get, I digress right now. Let's go back into universal healthcare. Uh, the 2019 um, uh, implementing rules and regulations, I think, perhaps did not capture uh, the likes of the pandemic on how uh, healthcare will be provided in the country. But let's see. You know, I, I see that um, uh, the, U- the universal healthcare law is not a block of ice wherein it cannot be changed anymore. It is fluid. It can be modified you know, to suit the needs of its stakeholders, uh, recipients no, uh, of okay. healthcare in the country. Okay. Yes. Just to clarify, lang, Doc, but yes. there is not a provision there, uh, in the law. There will, there's not a... Was, is there a provision in the law that would be increasing the compensation for healthcare workers, Doc? Is there or is there not? I I'm, I, am, I don't think... Don't, get, don't quote me on this. No, I, I, I can't remember. I, I cannot remember. Increasing the... Sorry, but giving the, better compensation po John, to healthcare workers. Uh, again, the primary intent is the providing healthcare services, no, to all to, to all the recipients of healthcare, no. Yun ang intent, eh. Um, I think maybe it's only an afterthought to ensure that the the providers of healthcare, no, should be paid better, no. Uh, I understand it, but yes, I think the intent also. The intent of the law as well is to be able to compensate you know, the healthcare providers, whoever they may be, you know, uh, that they should be paid well as, as well. No, para may ganyo nga naman na may ganyo sa trabaho nila. Yes, so I think because na, it's uh, manpower and I mean healthcare manpower and giving proper um, healthcare services to to the people is are are interrelated. Eh. Um, how can you give uh, good? service to the to the people if under understaffed naman or oh, oh, oh. pag wala namang tao wala namang tao to oh. give to actually give that service that's oh. why i think na it, it it's better sana eventually oh. na parang oh. they would actually look at the, the providers themselves to take care oh. of the providers mismo also true true Uh-oh. not true. just that the is, that is yeah. true. that's that's a very good discussion since um yeah we've just mentioned that the uh UHC law was just passed early uh, first quarter of 2019 so we're just like two years in and yes. uh, well it was you know it was formulated not considering the fact that a pandemic will come so I think mm. uh, the UHC law is really tested as of the moment if it really mm. is tailored fit even if in a pandemic if it works mm. so I think now having this dialogue we could send a message that indeed we're trying to achieve UHC in the country and during the time of pandemic, I think there's still a lot of more work to do. So I think, Doc, that's uh, also a good transition to this next question. Since we're in the pandemic, and you know, um, it's a good thing that we, we did a little research from our good friend. Um, so, hi, Doc Albert. He's from uh, WHO. And I was uh, having a short uh, discussion with him, and he told me that um, I think what we could also look into is that would this pandemic be a, a catalyst for UHC2? To be pushed forward or a hindrance. So I think, Doc, I want to also know your your opinion on that. So now that we're in a pandemic, Doc, how can we progress to the UHC? Since um, how can progress of the UHC be measured? 
since uh, this pandemic, because you mentioned, was a game changer. It's really a big thing that uh, we didn't prepare for this. No country, I mean, maybe some had plans or, uh, you know, I know there are uh, plans for a certain pandemic in a country, but correct me if I'm wrong, Doc, that in our country, we have not, we don't have a system for that. You know, in a pandemic, what if a pandemic comes, despite, you know, doctors and scientists expecting it, since we have the, you know, infectious diseases, antigenic shift and drifts. So, Doc, I just want to know, um, in the pandemic, how can we progress of the UHC being measured? Since uh, I think measuring is something that we should do to assess its efficacy, Doc. Uh, how can the progress of the UHC be measured? I think uh, lower, lower case rates of uh, Filipinos contracting the disease, no lower death rates, no um, more Filipinos getting vaccinated uh, uh, against COVID-19, no. Uh, I think these are tangible measures uh, that the universal healthcare is alive and well, no, in our country, and. Um, well, I, again, I don't like to think that COVID-19 is the be-all and end-all of the quality of health in our in our country, in our world. You know, we still have to care for other, uh, the other, take care of the other diseases, no, both communicable and non-communicable diseases, no, that the UHC should also address no? uh, in our country. So let's see. Uh, again, uh, I reiterate again, lower. Uh, fewer people get infected, fewer people dying of COVID-19, no? uh, more people accepting the vaccine as long as no, that they are not allergic to it. No? I just had the dialogue, I think, with um, one of my friends, no? and then that um, he agreed that, okay, that those who, uh, uh, those who suspect that they are allergic no, to uh, vaccines no, should not <laughs> get it no because i don't want them to end up no worse than before before they receive the vaccine but for those no uh, who are relatively healthy no like me like you guys na ano no yes get yourself get yourself protected to protect others as well no? get the shot no don't be afraid <laughs> yes doc um no? going back to the question doc um well, before the pandemic hit, was there already measures or controls that were already laid out so that we could actually evaluate and control UHC? Yes, I just like to you know, empower Rakini's question because the, uh, the law was enacted in 2019, that's March, and we had the pandemic, uh, March 2019. The pandemic came in last year, late November. So like that's like uh, November, the first case in Wuhan, China was discovered like November and the news oh. came out late. How about oh, January? Then January. January. But the lockdown lang tayo. But the pandemic status was in March. Wait, let's correct the timeline. So March 2019, she law. Then the year after that, 2020, don't tie in a So I think the question here, Green and I would like to throw is like from that moment, 2019, March, when it was enacted, to before the pandemic hit the country, what were the measures for I mean like how do we measure the efficacy of UHC here in the country? Like how there were were there any to start with that? I think it was Infancy um, pang UHC law nung time na yun. So I think it's uh, the parameters to see that uh, the effectiveness of the law no was not yet thoroughly evaluated. So many systems uh, were not yet in place. No? I think it was too early to assess, in my opinion, no, on how effective. Or it's too early to have measured the the 
it's too early to have measured the um, uh, the benefits of the universal healthcare throughout the country. I, I, that's my personal opinion. Na, na, ano, no, Maybe not, not not measure itself, doc, but the oh. um, the parameters or the procedures to how we will going to measure it in the future, if there are yeah, already. Sana nga, there, sana, uh, there should have been primary healthcare provider networks na sana. Uh, ganun, no? Ideally. Um, ideally, sana. Ganun, ano, but hindi nga na, um, forgive me for saying it in Tagalog, uh, um, it doesn't realize because of the pandemic. No? The pandemic really threw everyone, the whole world out of sync. No? So, uh, let's see lang. Um, let's see uh, once um, you know the the virus is tamed. No, let's see that the, the original intent of the UHC will be put back into place. No, and we'll see how it is going to go about. Thank you, thank you so much, Doc, for that. It's, it's a very good um, insight. Know that you know people now in the focus of the microscope is that the uh-huh. pandemic is the focus, COVID nineteen. But yeah, there are a lot of other things that need to be you know continued when it comes to health promotions like you have said non-infectious and infectious are still uh you know ongoing so thank you doc yeah. for reminding us that and i think um we have to put that into perspective that right i must agree with you that covid 19 pandemic must be you know a game changer at some point you know to see how quickly this uhc is um put in place but there are a lot of factors and diseases and you know uh, measures that we should look into to see its efficacy so now doc we are nearing the end of our no, no not so near but you know we're we're getting there but this question is very um interesting since we look into you know when when we talk about uxc people will always put in mind they'll have you know money 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 and i think um it's a big factor and you know in in getting quality act access to quality healthcare because um it's uh it really entails money, you know. When people in the Philippines, I mean, per, per se, because in other countries, healthcare's healthcare provider will be like totally free. Like you go to the hospital, they pay for True. everything. In the country, True. in our country, True. it's not it's not that notion. I mean, when when you hear about hospitals, oh no, I'm gonna be shelling out a lot of money. I don't want to get sick because it will entail me a lot of money. So, doc, this question really is very, very, very relevant. So, I'd like mm-hmm. to ask this: um, UHC seeks to ensure that all Filipinos citizens have access to a comprehensive set of health services without financial hardship. So, the automatic membership in the national insurance program in this law has a very good intention to help the Filipino people, as we have already decided among the three of us. The intentions are good. So, doc, the question now is: However, it correspondingly needs a huge budget to fund those health. Services. So, ito na po. Is the Philippines financially capable to make this move? Again, as I read uh, in the uh, handout of the Universal Healthcare Act, no, um, the present setup of the UHC, you know, will not, cannot, no, uh, totally pay for all the expenses of Filipinos, particularly those needing secondary and tertiary, no. They, it cannot, you know. If they wanted to, you know, we have to spend a lot. We have to shell out a lot more, you know, to ensure that we're covered, you no, know, from womb to tomb, you no. Know. Um, at realistic, eh. Um, Filipinos are not earning enough, not, you know, to be able to to pay for this. And sometimes, to be honest with you, I question also the values of Filipinos, eh. 
like they're willing to to pay for a, a brand new telephone uh, a brand new smartphone uh or you know a nice new pair of shoes but to pay for their uh, premiums for feel health no uh, they're going to complain okay uh you know that for me i find that um what do you call this hypocritical no kapag um parang they want to be given uh quality healthcare but they're not willing to pay for it so uh, right now again we're we, we were really hit hard no i uh under the previous administration no we were sana no we were able to uh, relieve ourselves of debt no we were getting better but unfortunately through a series of unfortunate events no the filipino the entire country no is again going down the doldrums no uh, so i think we have Um, we have to work hard to be able to make UHC uh, a reality, no? as we envisioned no? for all Filipinos. And we have to pay for it. Uh, fin- financially capable, I think we can, no? if we set our priorities straight. Yes. I think we can. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you, Doc, that the, the money itself is not really a problem, but more of yeah. how we are going to how it is actually delivered and it's it's um what what do you, what's the term um how it is used how it mm-hmm. uh, especially uh actually doc diba, uh, with this year's new budget i actually saw that the budget for the for the for health sector is actually lesser than the years before uh, yeah <laughs> Vini, again forgive me the, pol- the politics is still there i think okay Maybe I like to plug this, no, to, to those voting in 2020. No, all of us, no. Yes. We're all eligible voters come 2022. Okay. <laughs> please, 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 do not vote on the personality, but on the platform of the uh, political politician running for office. Okay. Vote on the pers- on the platform, no, and talagang the solid platforms, not just you know lip service, no, vote. Uh, sugar-coated promises. Yes. It's tangible, talaga. So, you know, I'm relying on all of us, no, sensible Filipinos, no, to elect into office, no, uh, Filipinos who will help uh, strengthen, um, steer our country back into the into the path of progress. Yeah, so everyone, your vote matters, so go out and really <laughs> register, <laughs> register to Comenec. That's true. You know, we, we, just imagine, Greenie, if everyone uh-huh. in the medical field gets to hear this podcast and they would get uh-huh. into perspective that we should be really a team when it comes to, since we have, you know, the Hippocratic Oath that we do yes. when we become a doctor. And I think mm. we should look into what kind of leader do we really see ourselves partnering with in the future they should have the same values and you know the vision that we have as medical doctors for the people so i think doc jean thank you for reminding us because you know not everyone thinks that we should be part of the solution you know they would mm-hmm. think that it's just one vote how will that matter and i think today just this moment we just realized that it really is important because to answer that question that we just had now yes we can that's the correct answer we can but it's not the priority so i think now for us it's for us now to you know rally and um You know, call for uh, for action that we really need uh, to prioritize the healthcare system in the country. So, doc, actually, doc, um, we just have one last question before we end. But since gladly we have a you know short time to cater, we have this one question from our Facebook Live, and yeah. I think we would like to cater this before we have our last question for you. Since um, 
we're now out of time. But this question is from uh, a certain person named Nueva La Alegria. And of course, hello to all our listeners, but we'll cater this one. Um, Nauna, and um, he's, uh, this person is uh, having a question. Now, the question is, we get equity, but shouldn't the lower income group also have a sense of accountability for their health? It seems that the law is putting the burden on the middle income group. So thank you so much, Nevala Alegria, for this question. We get equity, but shouldn't the lower income group also have a sense of accountability for their health? It seems that the law is putting the burden on the middle income group. Because the document should also about, you know, uh, us, let's say, those who, like you, doctors like you who are self-employed, would pay even big amount to, to fulfill hmm. the needs you filled out. So, Doc, can you comment on this question? Um, it's a tough question, no? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I think uh, all all Filipinos, regardless of the income group, no, should have a sense of accountability for their health. That's why I'm not going to buy, you know, their alibis. Now, oh, we're, we, you know, we're poor. That's why we can't know about it. My goodness, uh, uh, you know, they should. Uh, what do you call this? Let's um, they should uh, sponsor or what do you call this? They should sponsor. You can say the word. They should uh, access, you no, know, healthcare services is provided for them. If they're told, for example, na ganito, this month of February, uh, immunization campaign, and no, by the DOH, no. If they know that the, the child, no, between zero to five needs to have a vaccination, they shouldn't wait, pa, no, for the barangay health worker to rally them, no, to please come to the barangay to be ha- to have your kid vaccinated. They should automatically go and bring the present their children, no, for vaccination, no. Tanan ganong klasing mentality sana, no, na hindi pa kailangan ng you know, uh, sugar coat, sweet treat, no, just to be able to entice them to 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 sponsor or to avail of the services of uh, uh, universal healthcare, no. Um, unfortunately, it should be the mindset of the of the person, eh, na they should be accountable for their health, no, whatever social status or income status they come from. No? Um, I also think there are those from the lower income group who are sensible who would take good care of their their, their health no? and who don't have to be told not to, to do so. So, um, uh, also, uh, in my opinion, is everyone uh, is everyone in the middle income group doing their share also in uh, putting up no, uh, financing um, uh, uh, the, the universal health care no? by paying their their, their, their taxes properly or, or paying their their field health uh, premiums regularly that remains uh, that remains to be a contentious question in my opinion thank you so much doc Green? yes doc yeah. oh. so I mean I think well what would be the best would be for the preventive measures and health promotion to be strengthened doc no for us for them mm-hmm. to um to for us to give them for uh, for them to have an understanding that they should actually care a lot also for their health for yeah, their health. I mean Mm-mm. we can't you know we can't always be the ones to egg them to to take mm-hmm. better care uh, better care themselves no um you think it would all can, come naman uh, in the future na when uh, all the all the programs are already set na so that would be easier for us to actually promote them to mo- promote these uh, these programs to help reach these uh, lower income groups 
para Uh-oh. may sense of accountability for That's their health. Yeah. Uh, doc, yeah, I think yes, doc. Oh, forgive me to digress. I was thinking about you know um, how to be able to uh, make the lower income group have a sense of accountability for their health. I remember in Singapore, you no, know, there's this one um, uh, government um, agency, you no, know, uh, which is tasked to provide uh, healthcare campaigns, you no, know, advocacy, you no, know, throughout the island, you no, know, reminding Singaporeans, you no, know, to eat right. Um, you know, to exercise regularly, uh, uh, to take better care of themselves, no? Here in the Philippines, wala pa ako nakikitang ganyan, eh. It's all a lip service. Eh. Maybe it's the reason why nga the low-income group doesn't have a sense of accountability for their health because they're not reminded to, no? Because there's no government agency, no, that just tasked to uh, uh, remind not only the low-income group, everyone, no, to take better care of themselves, no? But uh, let's see, ah, uh, um, Hopefully, uh, ho- yeah. Hopefully, uh, this will change, no, in the coming years. No? Mm. I mean, Hel- you know, yeah. Twenty twenty is still, you know, too early. Di pa tayo nakalabot twenty thirty, no. So we'll see what in the next nine years how it's going to be. Yes. Um, health education, talaga, doc. I think for me is very important. And then, uh, at the same time, we should also be considerate for these lower income uh, group, because. For them, yung kanila yung uh, their priority is their daily lives. Eh. Yung yung kailangan nila uh, ano yung kailangan uh, the, their daily needs, um, food yung kanila um, shelter, shelter uh, electricity bills like that. So for them, baka baka yung health health nila is already in the low priority. Yes. So that's why it's one of our jobs, and it's a two-way street. That now for us we educate them that health is also important, and for them to actually reach out to magkwan magcompromise tayo so that they, they could also reach out and uh, yun yata tangkilikin yung mga programs natin do. Yes, I agree with you, Green. Just to give a perspective, no, because I'm I graduated public health, Green, and we would always go to far-flung communities to see a health problem and we try to give solutions to those. So I would just like to give perspective because some people would always think that lack lack of access to quality healthcare is because the BHWs are tamad and they think that they're not doing their job well. But I would just support this statement because Doc Jean and Greeny just uh, mentioned a while ago that the community members really put health in the least of the priority. Like for example, uh, BHW goes up the mountain because there are households part of that barangay. And yes, just to inform you, in rural areas, barangays could go as far as one mountain to another mountain. And even if there was only one house in that mountain, that BHW needs to reach that. But when the BHW gets in that house, the person inside that house would be in the rice fields and tending to their carabaos and their um, crops. So they would rather not wait for that BHW because, you know, work waits. So I think there are a lot of gaps that we have to bridge for us to to get into the universal healthcare, and I think that um, that's good. No, that Greeny uh, prioritized by saying that it's a two-way street that we have to work hand in hand when it comes to promoting this. And I think um, this question by Nueva La Agalagria, thank you so much, because we could get into the perspective of how we view things in you know the system when it comes to you know. The different groups that we have income groups in the country so thank you so much mm-hmm. so uh doc and to our listeners um i'm sorry to say but we're about to end our podcast while we enjoy this uh moment uh before we finally uh, give the last question this is no pressure doc because 
we end with a very light question, but uh, just to give perspective to our audience, just have a quick recap. You're still watching and listening to the uh, third episode of Telmed About It, a podcast brought to you by APMCS and H12. And with me here is Greening and Doc Eugene De Jesus. For a last question, since Doc, we have decided from all the questions and the answers that we have gathered this afternoon, we could come to an accord that yes, UHC law is dreamy, it's ideal. If it comes into fruition, it would be a perfect scenario for Filipinos to achieve quality healthcare. So the last question, Doc, is rather practical, and we want also to, um, you know, would like to ask your opinion and let's say sell to us. So even in the absence of the pandemic, Doc, if I were a primary healthcare provider, what would the implementation of the universal healthcare law mean for me? So yun, Doc, so that we could encourage our viewers that, you know, you mentioned a while ago that uh, the pandemic is not the, the end of it all. And, um, you know, we just had this law in 2019 and it's in the incubation stage. Well, yeah, we demand results, but even results have timeline for us to measure it accurately. So, yun, Doc, I think Grievy and I, actually the both of us, were really looking into this question because we're future doctors. And yes, uh, the UHC law is very good. But there are a lot of things we have to look into when it comes to its implementation. So, Doc, again, we just like to put this up there. What would the implementation of universal healthcare law mean for me if I were to become a primary healthcare provider? You go, Doc. Okay. Um, it would mean um, putting worth in our work as healthcare providers in the country, no? Um, bringing back the honor and um, prestige, no? Of um, Uh, taking care of the health of our fellow Filipinos, no? Um, uh, putting, um, okay, yan na, parang commensurate ang ating paghihirap sa pag-aalaga ng ating kapwa Pilipino. And also, I, I, as again, as I mentioned, it's a two-way street. Our fellow Filipinos will be delighted no, with the way we provide healthcare services in our uh, respective localities, no? in our respective uh, Uh, communities, no, that they don't have to go far uh, just to be able to access, no, basic healthcare services. Again, the emphasis is basic healthcare services. Okay, and then uh, I also foresee that uh, the proper implementation of the universal healthcare law would ensure a healthier, a happier Filipino citizenry, no? because they had benefited, no, from the proper implementation of the universal healthcare law. That's how I see. There we have it. So I think that was a good, good, good takeaway when it comes to that question, Doc. That eventually we have to look into the end of the tunnel where this UHC law will bring us if this would be enacted properly, measured accurately. And the stakeholders that we've mentioned a while ago, the four pillars and also the building blocks of UHC will be achieved. So thank you so much, Doc. But I uh, just want to give you also, uh, you know, of course, this podcast um, is really for our listeners and to whoever will listen soon in the future. Just want to give this feedback from the person who asked the question, uh, Nueva La Alegria. Apparently, Doc, uh, she's also your student. So thank you, Dr. De Jesus. I'm one of your students in WVSU before. So kudos to you, Doc, and to the future doctors. So we're glad <laughs> to have catered your question. So I think, Doc, you Can I make a hear it? I hope no, that Nueva Alegria, if she has not yet entered residency training, I hope they, 
she'll consider family medicine, family committee medicine, to equip her uh, to become a, the best physician, no? a primary care physician. I still believe that after you pass the boards, please pursue residency training, no? so that when you go back to your communities, no, you kumbaga, you're hasana kayo, no, you have experience, not just greenhorns, no, going back to their communities, no, uh, no. Please, I, I, I still, um, I'm not here uh, as a member of the Philippine Academy of Family Physicians trying to promote, no, uh, the practice of family medicine, but I see that as family physicians, no, we can do a lot, no, uh, to make um, universal healthcare more accessible to the entire country, no, uh, if we're better equipped, no, through. Um, residency training no, on family and community medicine. Thank you very much. Thank you so um, much. Let me just uh, interrupt a bit, Doc. Um, actually, yes, okay. Nueva La, Agri- La Alegria is... It's a boy. Is... Hey boy it's a boy. No, Doc. Um, yeah. Actually, that's my sister. Oh, oh, <laughs> I oh she, she, she's the one in the vow? She's the one in the vow? Yes, Doc. So, she already... Yeah, okay. Yes, doc. Uh-huh. So she, she already uh-huh. served uh, in Doctors to the Barrios for five Barrios, years. Oh. Uh, yeah. And then she's taking psychiatry residency yeah, in Espensio. Yeah, right oh my goodness. I think, <laughs> it, well, again, okay. Well, you know, the Doctors <laughs> to the Barrios. You know, ha, ito na, masaw-saw naman ako. Pero what I've heard right now, no, the Philippine Academy of Family Physicians no, is being tapped by the DOH, no, that even those mga in the... Um, Uh, in the district hospitals, no, wala pang residency training whatsoever, no. Parang may may um, alternative track of uh, residency training, no. So that that after four years of uh, being part of this alternative track in family medicine training, they'll also be grant, uh, they also be uh, uh, awarded or uh, honored with the certificate, uh, parang certified family physician na rin sila at the, at the very least, no. Yeah, yun. I wish I, I I should see her in person one of these days. <laughs> okay, okay. So thank you so much, Ate okay. Doc Green and Doc. Okay. So Doc, uh, I'm, I'm I'm I feel bad by having to say this, but our time is up. And now that yeah. we are going near the end of our podcast, on behalf of everyone, I would like to thank you, Doctor De Jesus, for sharing with us your knowledge regarding universal healthcare. Can we give a virtual round of applause to our audience? Can you please send love to Doc Eugene here for giving us. Um, his time this afternoon and um, we're so happy we didn't feel that it was like an hour 30 minutes already because we just had so much fun talking about uh, this very relevant topic so doc um, thank you so much for sparing your valuable time with us despite your busy schedule so before I was, we proceed uh, doc yeah. I just want to know if you have something to say to not just us but our listeners your final it word was, it was a privilege and honor to be part of this APMC uh, project no? and uh, APMC student network project no Um, I am happy uh, to be of service and I hope to encourage uh, you, uh, all our dearly beloved medical students, no, to forge on, no, to remain steadfast. Do not be afraid no, to pursue uh, your call as a, as a doctor, no, as, a, as a physician. And I wish you all the best of luck and I pray for your health, no, uh, whether it be during this pandemic or after or beyond. Okay, take good care of yourselves. God bless. Thank you Thank so you much. Doc. Okay. And 
Yes, and we in with that, we would like to present to you, Doc, this virtual certificate. I just read the contents. So, the Association of Philippine Medical Colleges Student Network, Visayas Region, Health Policy Committee, in partnership with Central Philippine University, Certificate of Recognition, um, to Dr. Jesus Eugene De Jesus, MD, for sharing his time and expertise as guest speaker during the third episode of Tell Med About It, a, med a webinar series with the title Universal Healthcare Why You Should Care, held on February 6, 2021, via Facebook Live, given this uh, sixth of, six day of February 2021, with, um, with Renz Joshua Borromeo. Uh, sorry. With, uh, with, sorry, with these Jasper Ruby VR as for the CPU <laughs> Council <laughs> President, <laughs> so it's different. <laughs> and then with Edgar Frederick Creus for Regional Vice President as uh, signatory, and lastly with uh, Odyssey Key as the head of the Regional Health Policy Committee for the signatory. So thank you, Doc. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Doc, for your time. So yes, I might be the governor of the council, but today yes. I'm your host. But uh, <laughs> this is not just for CPU Medical Student because it's an APMCSN event and we're now um, catering to all the med schools in the size region and even beyond because we have a lot of friends sharing our um, live stream on Facebook coming from different med schools in Manila and Mindanao. So Doc, uh, I might... Um, you know, this is the end for now when it comes to the conversation and dialogue for this platform. But Green, I just want you to know, I, I just want to ask also, did you learn a lot today? I mean, yeah. As, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really, really did. The, the, this talk has been so very productive that uh, it's 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 nice to have a different perspective, no? And uh, aside from us students talking about it, to have an expert opinion about this. So uh, I hope that uh, the, the listeners and viewers also learned a lot, just like me. And uh, let's let us also bring the these information that we have outside of our uh, of our houses to spread the word that uh, you should care about universal healthcare. True. That's true. I'm really happy, though, Green, that we get to have this conversation because you know, uh, again, I think if there were highlights that I have to get back into is that when you talk about loss and let's say the UHC. The medical community, I mean the medical students and let's say the student network might not really divulge into it because it doesn't concern us. But you know, um, when we go out there and then if we become doctors in the future, it gets real. So I think now is the best uh, time for us to understand what we're getting ourselves into. And yes, now true. that we are really in this field to make things happen, it's good that we have the same timeline and let's say vision also. So now going to that, remember elections are coming up and it's in this hand. <laughs> the, the, the power for us power. to create a change is through that indelible ink. So might as well get yourselves registered because you know, Green, just to inform our viewers, we have weekends already uh, registration yes. for Comelex. I think that's a good, good um, avenue for us to get ourselves registered and so vote for no, the next election. Yes. There's no excuse anymore for us yeah. not to get uh, registered because so, every vote counts, guys. Every vote counts. I agree with you. And we can do it. The youth can. So don't yes. let yourselves out of the equation because you are part of the solution. So I'm sorry to all of our viewers. We had a great time, Green and I and Doc Eugene, but we have to end today. So before I give my last um, your words, and also for uh, for everyone, we'd like to thank all our viewers today uh, for this third episode of, of Tell Med Tell Med About It. We're talking about universal healthcare with Doc Eugene De Jesus, hosted by CP College of Medicine with partnership with Spectrum Medica. I'd like to thank also uh, Adi and Johnny for. Uh, 
having us here today. So truly change is something inevitable and it is something that pushes us forward and allows us to grow despite the challenging circumstances that come with it. And the advent of this new policy, we hope that it will create change that will propel towards the betterment of this country because we just talked about it, that it is very ideal, but it goes now to how our community hand in hand will implement this and make this a, a, a way for us to achieve UHC. So why should you care? It is because in order to bring improvement and betterment, and of course, within the community, it first and foremost needs to or the help of each and every constituent. That's why you are part of this dialogue. You, the one, the one in the screen now, listening and viewing, and also having earphones for the Spotify uh, podcast. For this to be successful, it needs the cooperation and support of each and every one, as we have discussed. It is two-way street, and the universal healthcare law is a big step towards revolutionizing the healthcare system in our country. It truly holds promise of a new era and a new hope. Alright, so well that's it for our topic today. Thank you so much for joining us for the third episode of Tell Med About It, a health policy podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by APMCS and Visayas Health Policy Committee. Don't miss a show and be sure to tune in for our next episode. My name is Greeny. And mine is Jasper. So good day everyone. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Doc. Thank you, Doc. We love you. Thank you. Keep safe, everyone. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. You go Wear off. your mask. Yeah. Uh, register to vote. Yay! Nice one, guys. So, ang sakit ko. Congratulations, Congrats. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, guys. Guys, guys, pasensya na. I tried to make sure that my head. I tried to make sure that my head fit the the back up sa chair na ni sa table behind me ay abaw. <laughs> Stretching muna, Doc. Congrats, Doc. Oh, you did so oh, well. Doc, congrats. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you so much.